Welcome to Front Row Geeks. Yes, what? How you doing? Alive. I haven't heard your voice in so long, because we didn't have you on the voice last week. Uh, on the no, stream, you did. On the so stream, did. I say. Yes, uh, but it's not like I talk all that much anyway. Oh, but I miss you, buddy. Especially in, in these these distant times. Mm-hmm. So how's your week been? How y'all doing? Uh, I think it's finally getting the stress on all of us about, you know, quarantining, or at least the soft quarantine that we're in essentially yeah because as far as i know arizona hasn't done a hard quarantine like pennsylvania or california well we we did that uh stay at home order on tuesday didn't we that's when Ducey do that uh it's weird because like some people will have just been not uh, like literally it's not harsh enforced because as far as i know i nobody's seen any reports of like arrests or things like you know uh curfews and things like that that i've heard out of other states so just before mm-hmm. recording this i went to do i actually left the apartment to do two things one mm-hmm. to go to the ups store and pick up my mail yeah and the second was to pick up groceries from walmart using the pickup app and there's, how'd that work out for you i mean it's great for me with a small exception but yeah there is a ton of people still out there and i guess i'm not i shouldn't say anything they might all be doing the one or two things like i did like I did my one or two things, and I'll be shut in for another week again. I've done everything yeah. I need to do in the outside world. So it's kind of hard to judge whether everyone's just doing the one or two things they need to be doing. But there's a lot of people. Like, well, I think the best person out of us to answer that is probably uh, Asher, because he has had you know, uh, a lot of experience of going out during the rush hours and such and being able to see the difference, probably. Yeah. There is a lot of difference. I can state this, but at the same time, um, it's been over a week since you've been able to do that. Yeah, uh, I've also seen a couple of reports. At least one friend who had her car impounded because uh, suppose uh, like she was stuck working overnights, but the security for the building that she worked out mm-hmm. uh, basically reported that. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Bless you. Uh, reported that the uh, there was a mysterious car that was uh, staying overnight, and so it got impounded on her. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, she was not happy. Do you think that was because of what's been going on lately, or that just would have happened regardless of the situation? Uh, that was because of what was happening, because she didn't uh, find out that uh, apparently her uh, uh, security had been notified of her being an overnight worker, and uh, thus... Okay. Yeah, I guess there it, is some enforcement going on, but to yeah. what degree? Well, it's probably based off, you know, businesses and things like that. Like, uh, the local Winco, which we've been going to, has actually instituted uh, elderly days. Mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. the idea is that you're only supposed to go on those days. Uh, obviously, if you're uh, essentially uh, compromised, immunocompromised and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it still feels pretty lax 
Like, they've also stated that they do have a queue line on all the other days. And instead of being open 24 hours a day, they now have a uh, clear off hours at night. Like, 10, a- 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. or 6 a.m., I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I could hear it in the loudspeakers at the Walmart I was at from the car. They were saying, like, we have different business hours, you know, for cleanup. And I can see that even the entrance, it, normally it's a wide-open entrance, but they literally have, they put it into, like, pylons that make a definite entrance and a definite exit. And the two shall not be reversed. So you have to well, go in a certain way. And they already sort of way. had that already with, like, the gates that they were installing, like, over the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. But, but um, well, at least this one was done with, like, like that, like, like that yellow tape. Yeah, they and probably barrels. actually put up like fencing or something. Yeah. So. Okay, so that's the weird world we're living in. But we can talk about some other stuff. Yeah. Um. So I I got a list. Well, we feel free to pop in anytime when you want to add something. But one of the most important things that that I heard this week was the Last of Us Part Two has been delayed, and with it, so many other things. Oh, I really want to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Okay, because I've heard rumors that uh, Naughty Dog has had a really bad uh, company culture. And yeah. it's probably the reason why, you know, Last of Us 2 has been on such a delay for such well, a long th- time. This, I think this delay is specific to what's going on, but this is not the first delay it's had. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that a lot of companies are... It's hard to say how much of this is caused because of the pandemic and how much of this is just them taking advantage of the pandemic for an easy excuse. I mean, maybe, but... Well, Who knows? I, maybe I, I, they just I, simply need something to, you know, get them back all on the same page or something. Who it'll knows? be a couple months before we find out the truth of that. But... But, uh, but yeah, I'm guessing Dog you've is, heard is, the same rumors. Yeah, yeah. Naughty Dog is now... I would say they're more than rumors. It's been straight up okay. said that Naughty Dog has... Has, is, is doing what almost every other company is doing is a lot of crunch a lot of un it sounds actually somewhat worse because as some people have stated it's not just simply crunch <clears throat> it's uh the fact that they don't have any really experienced uh personnel yeah they rely heavily on like new hires and just simply brute forcing you know because a lot of the inst- industry practices and people not wanting to undergo the same sort of treatment yeah naughty dog and other companies in that similar situation no 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 no. i'm not talking specifically about crunch i'm talking about the hiring practices here well i think crunch has to do with that well yes but the reason why they're getting in so much crunch is because they're having essentially such poor management that they are telling some people as i understand it like they assign three people to do something and they take like you know uh, over three weeks and it's not used they ended up deciding to negate it and so it's a lot of wasted effort yeah but you realize like a lot of that is happening because they don't have senior people working on things because those senior people leave because of, of how naughty dog and again the similar companies treat their employees so uh so i, I don't know i think you and i, I are disagreeing it has to on do actually more with the company culture of naughty dog than a generalization of most corporations because i'm I don't know whether it would be the same over at EA, which probably also has a lot of crunch or Activision. We're hearing it now with Naughty Dog because there's they have the big game that's been it is due out and is now being delayed again for similar well, reasons. Well, 
you could say the same for like Final Fantasy VII Remake or uh, 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 I'm trying to remember the name uh, Makers of the Witcher series Red oh CD Projekt yeah, Red we, we uh, with uh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077 yeah and I've heard rumors that they've also indulged in crunch just as much as anybody else yeah yeah, absolutely uh, but as I understand it it's like as of, somebody has stated like that other companies it would take like six months or nine months to get this out or something but it would take so much longer at Naughty Dog and that's probably the reason why the crunch is so bad at Naughty Dog is because it's over a much longer period of time yeah. it's not you know I mean, oh hey we have to finish this up in the last six months and it's really terrible but at least we get to the finish line here it's like we do it for six months promising people to get to the end but then we do another six months and then another I think the whatever the the initial reason for it happening is the the fact remains that the, the problem is that now we have crunch, and, and that's an issue. Uh, I think crunch is inevitable. Ugh, no, that's no, no, no. I, Listen to me here. Listen okay. to me here. Right. Uh, if we think about this from an independent game studio, which doesn't have a boss, doesn't have like you know corporate sponsors or deadlines or things like that, how much? Do those people, the people that are like five or less in a team developing a game, go into just as much crunch as the professionals in the corporate environment? Probably often. Yeah. And that's just simply their own uh, choice, their own concept of pushing themselves forward to make the best game they can possibly make. But because it's underneath their own volition, I think there's a different feeling to it. But... To get back here to your side of the argument, I think a lot of these companies make it doing these sort of practices. But by the time the corporate structure is in place, people assume that's how they should do it. After hiring, you know, 20 extra people or 30 or 100, that somehow that's the corporate culture and that's how it should be done when, you know, your manager should be actually taking care of proper planning and time for your employees so they can you know take time in and take time off properly so they're Absolutely. only doing 48 hours of work a week and things like that mm -hmm. yeah agree and uh unfortunately i think a lot of these companies have assumed that what made the company in the first place the crunch and the passion that came from uh up and coming uh companies and development teams is the norm and that's i think a problem the real problem, anyway. Because I'm pretty sure the independent uh, developers are still going to go into essentially crunch periods. And they're not going to be able to pay themselves more. They're not going to be able to take more of the Kickstarter money or early access money as they can anyway. Uh, but in that case, it's seen as, you know, uh, an act of passion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and so, I mean, I'm I'm not a game developer, so I can't speak from any kind of experience of that. The only thing I have even that relates to that is normal corporate world workings. And for for me well, personally, yeah, you better have a good reason to make me stay more than my forty hours, because unless we're having an emergency or we something's got to get done, why are we doing this now? <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying it is a matter of passion. It's like that's the reason why, unfortunately. Like Naughty Dog has been so successful in this crunch and centric thing is that they're taking a bunch of young people of early out of like game development colleges, things like that, that are low page or or like, you know, you heard about the Borderlands 3 thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to uh, flow into that just from this conversation. Well, it's a natural link. So yeah. uh, you want to say it just so you can yeah. get a word edgewise? So, so it was leaked, I guess, maybe lack of a better term, that yeah. the Borderlands 3 were employees were promised a big old bonus for their work on it. And then they got turned around and they said, no, the bonus is not going to be quite as big as we sort of promised, kind of promised. So, yeah, there you go. Small, way smaller bonus. And, yeah. Uh, and that's All unfortunately right. being sold off of the idea of the bonuses that the employees got for the success of Borderlands 2 because they did get huge bonuses for that. Mm-hmm. I even read some places that some people were... Uh, they still haven't even gotten paid for the work on Borderlands 3. I, do you know if that was contractors or employees? Uh, I would think it's contractors. I think uh, I think they mentioned that it was actual employees. The contractors got paid, but the employees uh, did not. Ooh. Which is admittedly, I, I'm, I, I looked at the location of the article, and no one else had reported this, so I'm putting this one under rumor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big old but asterisks. It, big old asterisks of rumor only. But it's one of those things of like, if that one is true, yeah, like if the bonus one is true, is this one true as well? But uh, I, I yeah, feel like uh, people would not work at a company if they did not get paid for the work that they did. Uh, there's a lot of good examples in the game industry of where they did do exactly that. Like, uh, yeah, uh, who made CryEngine? Cryark? Uh, no, crisis? Cry- the, yeah, um, Crytek. Uh, Crytek. Uh, they were well known for, like, not playing their, paying their employees for, like, months at a time. Like, we'll get the money and we'll get the money and, hey, here's the money. Like, they had a nasty habit of not paying their employees and, like, it was a big issue. And half the reason why I think they haven't been able to do much in the current years. I don't even know if there's still a, uh, a company. I think Crytek got bought by somebody, but I'm not sure who. Yeah, remember the Crisis Engine was a big deal back know. in the day. Uh, in some ways it still is, but unfortunately uh, some some of the licenses that they get, like I believe Amazon, they've done enough the Cry Engine that they now claim that it's an entirely different uh, engine in and of itself. It's something similar to how, like, uh, Half-Life was built off of the but so much that it became their own property, uh, the original Half-Life engine. Uh, that's half the reason why I think they didn't get as much money or something, some things like that. Well, I think there is a lot of ambiguity with it, and here, here's where I, I can personally relate to it, because my own company does bonuses. Mm-hmm. And honestly, truth be told, only, like, maybe... Let's say, let's say it's like a ten percent bonus. Like there's, there's a minimum maximum. But out of the ten points of bonus you can get, I think maybe two or three of those points really have anything to do with me personally that I can personally impact. There's like five points dedicated to like company sales, which I'm an IT person. I have nothing to do with that. The best I can do is obviously make sure that all our systems are working so people can continue to sell. To sell, but la la la. Every report that I've heard about, about uh epic in their practice here is that the bonuses were ambiguous which i guess uh, it wasn't epic of... it was uh gearbox gearbox yeah thank you sorry i think i was trying to tie them to do but okay gearbox specifically thank you for the correction that mm-hmm. gearbox was was kind of ambiguous about what the bonuses are now maybe there actually is like very detailed 
information how and what a bonus is comes out to be but mm-hmm. the the way the this practice can be used in a foul way and this is what i understand they're being accused of is that when they're bringing people in to the company hiring people they up front they're like well what you're offering me the salary you're offering me is kind of low looking why is it so low their answer is because you can get a bonus look at our bonus from borderlands 2 and how huge that was six figures for some people so heck that's essentially how blizzard was working for a long time the idea of like low wages but like huge bonuses once the game came out so the rub here is that there were people who were promised a significant bonus if this game did well anyone here want and planned their budgets around the idea that there would be a bonus does anyone any among us three think that borderlands 3 was a failure of a game uh no but the explanation that they gave was because of the development uh cycle Mm -hmm. it took so long to come out that it cost a bit more than they expected Mm -hmm. but i'm honestly wondering exactly how the contracts were worded because were they just simply worded for Borderlands 3 or for its successive, you know, DLCs? It sounds but like Borderlands 3, anything relating to Borderlands 3. But Well, but yeah, we but you know as well as I do that contracts can be squirrely like that. But that's what I'm trying to get at. Even with my contract, I guess lack of a better term, a contract that we how we get our bonuses, we are being constantly updated on what the forecast is for our bonus, like at least once a quarter. It is, for me, it is surprising that that anyone was surprised by this if the only answer is that because they weren't given any information until the bonus came out and they were led to believe that they were always going to get a big bonus until they didn't because at some point they just decide they as in the management decided okay we're just not going to pay out a big bonus because of ambiguous reasons and i think yeah. that's the rub they were ambiguous to start with it's a lesson for everybody involved even outside the company we should not be so we should not plan on bonuses. Bonuses should always well, be Well, bonuses just that, a bonus. specifically should never be thought of as part of your bread and butter. It's like yeah. a lottery. It's a far more certain lottery, but it's still, you know, you don't know exactly how much. Like $100? $1,000? I, I imagine the hiring staff really use that as a carrot to these employees that, to give them well, lower yeah. salaries and bring them in and not paying them a big bonus. Well, as the leaker ended up stating, like, uh, it was used as an incentive to work long hours to essentially go through the crunch the motions things like that because the idea was it would be eventually worth it it's just it's bullshit it's it's upsetting to hear it uh because it's a great problem yeah well it wouldn't be a problem if they actually paid out but it's a big question of why didn't they because i don't think borderlands 3 is that unsuccessful probably opposite even even when the game was coming out on the epic game store the, this, the same people, I forget the president's name right now, or the CEO, or whatever his name is. He did that card trick at E3. Randy Pitchford. Yeah. He was, even as the game was being released, he was putting out that this is our most successful game, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, what, what six months later, they hear this news? Yeah, I, especially I since he released it initially on the Epic Store for six months. And since Epic's contracts is supposed to give more money to the developer. Not to mention the initial contract to guarantee exclusivity. Uh, I don't understand how it could not be considered successful. And the problem is, is that um, we we never will, even the employees, because obviously, again, this was probably very ambiguous. And in, in the end, the management is however they want to spin it. That it's going to make sense to them, and everyone else is going to have to shrug because it's because whatever reason they give, it's going to be right. The only thing they could have done is if they had a clear 
contract beforehand or a clear expectation beforehand. Yeah, but what happens is those contracts have loopholes. Like, it's not based off of the Epic Store sales. It's based off of the Steam Store sales for some yeah. bizarre reason. Or, yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, that would be such. That would be so shitty. <sighs> David, anything you want to add to that? Uh, the situation is garbage any way you look at it, yeah. personally. Anyway, uh, next topic. Yeah, I have a few more, but does anyone want to touch on something in particular? Let's see. Oh, this is a rumor that's being revived lately. Give Supposedly, it, uh, this is a huge one because it involves Konami and oh. several of its IPs. Supposedly, Konami is putting up its major IPs like Castlevania, Metal Gear, and... Like, like for sale? Like up for grabs. Wow. I would just presume licensed or something of that because I don't think they would let it go. Yeah. Even if they are not interested in making the games themselves, they could probably farm it out to a, a studio or those interested in making them. And, heck, that would probably actually answer the question of why Konami is talking of, you know, working with Kojima to bring back Silent Hills. Thank you. I was just going to bring that up. The, is, it, is that where it, it tie-in with that rumor? It's it probably might. A lot of people are, like, taking that uh, tie-in for Silent Hills as they're just trying to get rid of the IPs, and I'm like, I don't think so, you idiots. Well, Konami isn't, I mean, they have their, their special properties, but is my understanding that they make a lot of their income from, like, gambling games more than, almost more Pachinko, than... Pachinko, yes. Yeah. And since they require those IPs for their Pachinko games, I'm pretty sure they're not going to let go of them okay. in the uh, copyright sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. They may let them go for in the creative sense of like letting somebody make their own Castlevania game or something of that sort from an independent third party studio. And they can just sit back and collect the uh, money. But it, it is fun to think about that. That might be a backdoor way for, for Kojima to, to work on Silent Hill again. <laughs> well, I, I kind of really want, uh, was looking forward to the whole Kojima, uh, uh, Guillermo del Tormo. And Norman Reedus, Silent Hills, but I mean those, no. those three are like a trio of glory of glory right now. Yeah, but it, it's just one of those situations where it's like, holy crap, that's that would be amazing to see. But at this moment in time, yeah, yeah keep it, our fingers crossed because that would be a fun game. I mean, at this point, I'm Kojima really wanted me over at Death Stranding, as anyone who's seen our streams know. So. I'll, mm. I've never played a Silent Hill game before, but I'll play it if Kojima has his hands in it. Honestly, I would be more interested in Silent Hills because it is such a disparate change. I mean, Death Stranding has eventually turned into Metal Gear Solid Light, and, and I think that's slightly unfortunate. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm playing the game, and I can tell you I've been enjoying the hell out of it, but... I'm sorry, but... I've been enjoying the hell out of the game. Okay. But yeah, I guess I can kind of see... Although, honestly, it, maybe my experience is limited because I, I only played 1 and 2 solid, Metal Gear Solid, completely. Mm -hmm. Parts of 4, watched Andy finish number 4, and then nothing else Kojima-related until until this game, Death Stranding. Oh, so you didn't play Peace Walker or uh, 5? Nope. Uh, wait, you didn't? Or Snake Eater 3? Nope. Mm-mm. I mean, Peace Walker, I can understand a little bit because that was technically a PSP until they released an H the HD collection. But, God, Snow, Snake Eater is like a 
I'd say that uh, some of the stuff that we've been encountering, it takes from Snake Eater a little well, bit at least. I would say it's like the overall concept of various things and stuff like that. I was hoping for a much more different game from him. And while it is different on some levels, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it just simply turns into stealth combat action again. On Maybe. some I, I think I, I mean well maybe this is what Jim always likes to do. I think he likes his concepts more than than the game itself. That being said, I think there were a lot went into the playstyle in this video game, the, the controls, the how Sam traverses. Probably more than he's done before. He's put he's put a lot of effort into what it feels like to play the game, not just the concept overall, but yeah. But then obviously, yeah, he still has those those. He still has a, a knack and, and like for the action bits. Well, on used. one hand, it's a matter of, you know, they were this was their first game as a new studio. So in some ways, I do have to be a bit easy because doing what you know what to do is a lot easier than trying to make something from whole cloth. So okay, it makes with sense. That in mind, with that in mind, because I think when we all went into this game back in November... I think a lot of us were thinking this was going to be like, oh, so this is what it looks like when Kojima goes fucking crazy and puts everything, throws everything against the wall. No, we already saw it, that with uh, Silent Hills, unfortunately. Yeah. We never finished that, so I, I went well, in thinking that maybe Death Stranding that. was going to do that. So what, do, do we think Death Stranding played it safer than we thought? Or that I thought, I guess? Uh, at least the gameplay angle, I think. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, I mean, and my knowledge, again, my knowledge might be limited to that because I haven't played his then more again, recent games. Then again, Kojima has always been more of a storyteller than, you know, uh, a pure games designer. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can agree with that. I feel like he, his high concepts are, have, were the most important thing to him in his games. And I appreciate that. I don't It's not that, that he doesn't world. try to marry the gameplay to the story, but what he's been most popularized with is essentially uh, spy action style and he's pretty much been developing the same game essentially over the past couple decades so and i think to your earlier point silent hills might have been his chance to really depart from that a little bit just because it's yeah and that's world. what i was sort of hoping is to see you know uh the kojima that brought us things like police knots or snatcher when he was or... like no longer stuck in the idea of action man like admittedly salt uh, snake the other games that he's influenced at least partially have been like Zone of the Enders or weirdly, what was the one GBA game that had the tagline of Power of the Sun in your hand? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Should we Google that? Boktai. Boktai. Boktai, yeah. Yeah, Boktai was technically, he had a little hand in Boktai. He wasn't, it, he wasn't. Well, he also had a little hand in like the Castlevania remake from what, 2012? Lords of oh, Shadow. The, the the Lords of Shadows here, uh, the first one. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, guys. His hands look normal size to me. Anyway, but yeah, like it, a lot of people state that they can see some of the influence from in Zone of the Enders, at least in uh, two, mm-hmm. because of some of the crazy shit that happened in that. That kind of almost mimicked uh, Metal Gear Solid two in a sense, but um. Yeah, like police not. I'd love to see police knots or snatcher back, even if it is like. Well, let's face it. If snatcher was made today, it would probably be like you know, uh, 
it'd probably be played very similar to most of his other games, except it would probably have its own unique mechanics, such as dealing with, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what, whether the Metal Gear had a particular name or not. Uh, technically, the only one that I know that had a very specific way of playing uh, was the Fox Engine. Well, no, what I'm saying is Snatcher had uh, the shooting sections, the sort of detective stuff, which was, you know, mm-hmm. basic point and click. Uh, which it also had, like, learning terms using them. Mm-hmm. But that was stock standard for most point and click adventures. Um, the, su- the shooting sections... Uh, and were- I'm pretty sure they had shooting sections in uh, Police Knots, so... Yeah. Man, I have not deep dove into Kojima's games. I clearly see that. I've only played... At this point, I've played three and a half of his games. <laughs> so, well, have you played the original Metal Gear? No. Oh, I mean, I think I played on a ROM a long time ago for like five minutes, but not really. Okay. Mm. So. Anyway, next topic. Let's keep it going. Hey, is there anything... Okay. Actually, here, here's here's my question. Because I have a Final Fantasy seven remake question. Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. So, I already... S- I already saw the last trailer that came out. And then oh, the spoilerific one. Well, that's my question, because then the next day I saw a post about how it was spoilerific. I gotta tell you, I don't know what the fuck is going on in that trailer, so I don't feel like anything was spoiled for me. Uh, uh, I, I, I watched a bit into it, and I use the term spoiler because it's actually showing off stuff that is completely new to the game. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff I didn't recognize, and I just kind of figured that was, okay, that's new stuff. Okay, great, new stuff. Or you haven't played the game in a while, and it's like, did this happen? No, like, I watched a bit into the trailer, okay. and they're showing off the new characters that you interact with. I'm like, I don't recognize this person at all. Mm-hmm. I'm stopping now. Well, it's hard to recognize some people that were only rendered in less than 100 polygons. Uh, <laughs> this... Uh, in this case, they're showing off the people that have been confirmed new. Like that soldier character. Oh. Yes. Oh, see. Yeah, these are characters that have been confirmed from Square as new characters that they had to implement to flesh out this section. So when they're talking about it being spoilery, do they just mean that it, it clearly shows off new characters that maybe some will want to see them organically? Or are we talking about like serious plot details that were said like changes uh, they may have done to integrate these new uh aspects of the game sure from from the bit that i watched uh because this was dealing with Aerith or Aerith, Aerith. yeah people are getting pissed because it's not Aerith, it's Aerith, which i'm pretty sure that's the original spelling whatever the character drews herself as in the game is what i'm gonna go with (laughs) yeah well, what uh, happens if it's based off of whether they're listening to the Japanese or the English or the yeah. Spanish? <laughs> Whatever she introduces herself as is what I'm going with. Well, either way, uh, it's dealing with her and uh, Sang, which everyone goes like, that's not Sang. And I'm like, uh, what? I don't know. Who also, that is. Uh, Sang is one of the. Uh, how can you forget Sang? Okay. Well, he's one of the Turks. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long time. Isn't he the leader of the Turks? Yes. Oh, the guy with the black hair. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't remember their names, honestly. It's been well, too long it's a lot easier to remember Rufus and uh, the other guy. Rude and Ru- uh, Rude and Rufus. Yeah, because you fight them most of the time. Yeah. And they're pretty memorable because one is bald 
and the other one is red hair and spunky. But uh, let's see I've, other fact. I've purposely have been avoiding playing ever since they announced the remake. I've basically avoided replaying seven just so I can be as fresh as possible when this comes out. And these trailers have done very little to to refresh my memory about what happens in the game. I don't. Well, remember. that's good. I mean, I saw somebody ended up deciding that the best way to refresh on Final Fantasy VII was to install a mod to make the game incredibly difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have played a little bit of Seven again just to refresh because, uh, and this is something that I've heard is that they're actually expanding upon certain themes that they wanted to do. And hint at in the original game that, that didn't have the time to do, or it got mistranslated. Yeah, mm. uh, sweet. Because okay, for uh, time to actually get into a bit of a spoiler that at least uh, anybody who's played the demo has. I have not played the demo. Okay, uh, uh, you know how the demo ends, right? Hopefully. No, I don't know how the demo ends. Okay. So. It's essentially the same demo as the original Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I mean, and I don't remember that either. Like, okay. Like, I'm like, I'm not avoiding spoilers. It's just that if, if it isn't a trailer that comes on my YouTube feed, I don't care. I don't go looking for information. Okay. So this part is not technically spoilers. Is You know that the demo basically just encompasses the first reactor, right? Fighting that robot? Fi uh, fighting the scorpion, yes. Okay. 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 You know that the reactor blows up at the end of the trailer. At the end of that, right? Yeah, I think so. I so mean, you know... That's their, that's, so you, that's their point. Isn't that what they want to do? They want to blow it up? Not quite. This is one of the theories that I actually... When I replayed 7, I actually had to look into it. And because it was a bit of throwaway dialogue. That if you're was, not paying attention considerably. Yeah. So in, in this one, they actually expound a little bit better is the fact that the bomb that Jesse gave to Barrett and Cloud was only supposed to basically disable the reactor. It was only powerful enough to just basically ruin equipment. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the demo, they show basically President Chinra and Heidegger uh, ordering uh, automated systems to basically wreck shit up in the reactor to cause it to go... Uh, nuclear. Nuke uh, as some people would put, nuclear. Where it caused a lot more damage and okay, in because uh, like supposedly after that in the people that got to play a much more extended demo aka big celebrities not us um well they influencers influencers i mean yeah. i'm i'm known across the country but that's just me you're you're known in a different fashion eddie <laughs> not these people but they explained that uh they expanded upon the getting out of the reactor into a much bigger section and them having to find out oh this is not what we were trying to do this was a lot worse whereas in the original seven if you talked to jesse in the hideout after the after you got back uh she basically puts it as like it wasn't supposed to be that big of a bomb did i make it incorrectly and that's all she says and it's the only hint that you ever get that maybe it wasn't supposed to be that big or that devastating. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, other factors is that supposedly this trailer uh, starts confirming things from Crisis Core that are canon. And I'm like, uh... and people are getting pissed. It's like, Crisis Core shouldn't be canon. Except it was written Wait, to what? be canon. 
Yeah, why wouldn't it be canon? <laughs> Admittedly, oh. they're probably going to be going over it and re-editing certain things, so at least moves over a bit better. But uh, it's yet to be seen exactly how you know intrusive it becomes or something. Yeah, it's the fact that like from the way that some people had taken some of the interviews, this version of Seven was supposed to be taken by its own um, versus the greater canon or the previous Seven. And I'm not def- I'm not saying that Seven is like literally written as perfectly as possible. It's had God, it's had plot holes um, that were tried to be solved by Crisis Core or. Uh, Dirge Cerberus. Which I'm pretty sure some people aren't going to like. Yeah. As well as uh, Advent Children. So people were basically saying like, finally, we don't have to deal with all that extraneous soap cold stuff. And I sat there tugging it as, so they may just decide to take certain plot elements from these games and sneak them in there. Just to smooth out the greater canon. Instead of, like, this game will be only... Instead of a ton of retcons with the new remake, they can make it all fit together a bit more smoothly. Yeah. So, I was expecting that they were going to sneak in bits from uh, that would lead to, uh, essentially, like, Crisis Core being a bit more canon than what it currently is. Even though, like, the overarching plot is that it is canon. Then again, this could all just turn into uh, Nomura's... Episode 1, Phantom Menace. <laughs> um, and, and admittedly, it, it's it's one of those situations where it's like, yeah, this... I, I stopped watching the trailer because it's like, there's, uh, like, as soon as I started seeing elements with Eris... Uh, Ar- Aerith, so you do think it was giving too much away? or, or, or It yeah, was giving too much of the new stuff away that I wanted to keep kind of, uh, like, free of. Not saying that there aren't people that get really hyped over that. But for something like this one, I feel like the new stuff uh, really got too much more center attention and felt like they were showing off uh, some of the big points rather than some of the small points. That's fair. From what little I saw of it. Admittedly, as soon as I get my hands on the game, then I'll probably sit down and watch the trailer and go like, okay, what can I expect? So I guess as far as that goes, speaking of which, since today is like 99% certainty, our last day for streaming uh, Death Stranding. So I will be well, able to play Final Fantasy VII next week. So that'll be we will play that on stream, and that'll be my first experience with Final Fantasy okay. VII Remake. Okay. Not even, I haven't even done the demo yet, like I mentioned before, so I'm well, going to go with it, fresh as a newborn baby. Actually, can you transfer data from the demo to the final game? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Because if we could, we might want to do like a half and half, depending on how long it takes to get through the ending. That's exactly what I was thinking. So except that, yeah, if we, can't sa- if we can't save data, then yeah, there's... why yeah. do it? Um, unlike another game that got a demo from Square, where you can save uh, transfer the save data, uh, Seven's demo was stated that it is a standalone. It is just meant to be played by itself. Uh, basically, give a taste. I think if we have a, a lot of extra time today, then maybe we can dive a little bit into that demo. Which, actually, no, that's not possible because I don't have it downloaded. There's no way we're going to have it downloaded in time now. But Yeah. So. Yeah, the the other, uh, like, I could suggest the other game, uh, just to, so you can demo it, because you're not going to be playing it. But, no, you still don't even have that demo. 
if you're wondering what game I'm talking about, I'm talking about Trials of Manor. Uh, Mana. Yeah. No, I don't. Have... What I'll, you know what I could do? That could be a kind of a teaser for our future streams. Is uh, I can mm. play the the Fallen Order because I have I have the physical copy of that game, so I can. Yeah. I, we can play a little bit of that if we have a lot of extra time. Unless you get stuck tease. in downloading patches or something. Yeah, we'll see. We'll uh, have to play by ear. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone, everyone listen to this. It's not going to be their problem because it'll be already over. So, <laughs> so yeah. with that said, I think we're kind of need to wrap up now, so I can go and set up for the stream. Any last minute things we want to bring up for this week? Godzilla is getting magic cards. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and they also are issuing a reprint because of one card already. Already. <laughs> okay. To explain, uh, Space Godzilla is it, it, it's he's got a title known as Death Corona because he was made. Uh, he basically was born <laughs> in a coronal mass ejection. Coronal mass ejection of a star. Yeah, Corona as in a halo, not uh-huh. um, referring to the Corona, which is also nomenclaturally built off of a halo description. Yeah. Is halo now uh, problematic? Uh, so, but <laughs> no, uh, he, his, t- uh, his title of Death Corona was printed on the first run, and given current situations, yeah, no, uh... Which they're in other words, those with... cards are now writ- worth lots of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh... I, while I would like to get my hands on the entire set, just knowing that there's going to be a card that it's going to be like $400 to get my hands on really puts me off. Not of if it. you get it luckily. You, you can use your stimulus money. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually going to be worth anything in 20 years. Mm. But, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, goodbye, people. Later. All right. See? We'll we'll speak again next week. Take care, y'all. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This has been a presentation of Front Row Geeks. Adios.